Hey, my name is Alyssa Wolf, and as a chronic pain specialist, I am on a mission to empower you to tackle your chronic pain naturally by uncovering hidden truths about pain and exposing the deeper cause. I aim to help you transform your relationship with pain because you've been in this relationship for long enough and you deserve better. You just need a little help to get out of it. And that is what the Chronic Pain Breakup Podcast is all about. I'll be busting pain management myths, teaching you some of the mind-blowing neuroscience of pain, and help you overcome some of the roadblocks that are keeping you from seeing real, long-term improvements in pain. Stick with me, and in no time, you'll learn the keys to breaking up with stubborn pain so you can get back to doing what makes you, you, and living your fearless and fulfilling life. So if you have chronic pain and are looking for no fluff, natural, science-backed pain relief solutions, pull up a seat and get cozy because you are in the right place. Let's get started. Today, I'm going to be discussing how to stop feeling so sore, achy, sick, and exhausted all the time. Because when you've been feeling this way for a long time, when you've had chronic pain or any other chronic illness uh, that has made you feel sick and tired all the time, you may start to hear about this thing called the fight or flight response. Then you may have heard that the fight or flight response may actually be contributing to your pain problem. And that is actually true. It does play a role in the pain problem. Now, because of that, some people will try, will tell you that in order to feel less sore, achy, sick, and tired and exhausted all the time, that that process will somehow involve you needing to process your repressed emotions, that it should involve a process of doing breathing drills, that it should involve doing trauma therapy, somatic tracking, doing biofeedback, all of that kind of good stuff. And those things do work. Like breathing drills do work. Somatic tracking is effective. Meditation works. Those things have immediate effects but anything that has an immediate effect will not have a long-term effect, okay? So in order for you to have a long-term effect, you need to go after the deeper cause. Now, you may have heard some people say that this sort of autonomic nervous system problem that we're talking about, the, the fight or flight response, is the deeper cause. Like, like some people will tell you that the body being stuck in this fight or flight response is the deeper cause, that sympathetic overdrive, that sympathetic dominance is the problem. You may have been told that that is the deeper cause. And of course, you know, I mean, it makes sense, right? Like, because that response being in this sort of state can, it can explain why you feel so sore, achy, stiff, and sick and tired all the time. If your body is stuck in a fight or flight response, that'll explain a lot of your symptoms, right? you know, and think about it. Think about what happens in your body during a fight or flight response. Remember that this response is a survival mechanism, right? Its intention is to help you fight, flee, or freeze. So it's in part, it is a protective mechanism. And so the body will make some shifts in where it's allocating resources to make sure that you can stay alive and keep your body intact, like keep your body parts intact and sound and in one piece and safe. So during that response, number one, it's going to prevent you from falling asleep because falling asleep won't be good for your survival, right? So it's going to help you stay awake. And so we see these issues with sleep popping up, like difficulty falling asleep, 
difficulty staying asleep or falling asleep, but not waking up ever feeling well rested. Sleep difficulty is a very common issue for people with chronic pain. And part of that is because sleep is not conducive to your survival if you are in a survival situation. So for example, you know, if a bear is chasing you, falling asleep won't be helpful to your ability to survive, right? So your body is then going to help you. It's going to make certain changes in your physiology so that you have what you need in order to help you fight, flee, or freeze. And sleep is not one of those things that you need in that situation, right? Okay, and then number two, your body is also going to save energy by pulling resources from your reproductive, your digestive, and your immune systems. Because think about it this way, you know, those systems won't help you survive because they're not going to help you fight, flee, or freeze, right? So those systems, our digestive, reproductive, and immune systems are going to get turned off or turned down. And that is why we actually start to see some of those different symptoms involving the reproductive system popping up, like having no libido, right? Our body's telling us we don't need to re reproduce right now. So there's no libido necessary in a survival situation. Then we also start to see some of these other problematic symptoms popping up, other problematic conditions like uh, we see endometriosis, we start to see abnormal periods or extremely painful periods. Um, we see pelvic floor dysfunction, we see people even having miscarriages and having fibroids and cysts and all of that sort of reproductive health stuff, pelvic floor dysfunction, hypertonic pelvic floor, all of that stuff starts to show up. And then this is also why we see a lot of people having these different symptoms involving the digestive system. So we see lots of people uh, having different conditions like bloating and diarrhea and constipation, or diarrhea and constipation, right? IBS. We see people having lots of gas or acid reflux, stomach ulcers or, or ulcers anywhere in the GI system, in the GI tract, Crohn's disease or ulcerative colitis or UC. And then we see different food insensitivities start to pop up as well. Gluten, dairy, different allergies, different food allergies or different food sensitivities. We see different changes in appetite and different food types of like food cravings that start to pop up. And then we see the body holding on to extra weight because it's holding on to extra energy. So all of these shifts start happening in our physiology as a result of being in this sort of fight or flight response, right? So we see these things happening. Um, and then this is also why we start to see symptoms involving the immune system as well. So, um, you know, some of you may have, may experience some unexplained flu-like symptoms or low-grade low fevers. Um, lots of people with chronic pain present with autoimmune diseases. Um, lots of people report having high levels of inflammation, having allergies, feeling like you're sick all the time or feeling like you're about to get sick all the time, um, and having a longer time that it takes for you to heal from an injury, right? So longer healing times is also a result of some of this part of this problem. And so we see those things popping up all the time. And then this is also why, number three, this is why we see so many symptoms of brain fog and fatigue as well, because during a fight or flight response, our higher level cognitions or our, um, our higher level thinking tasks will not help you fight, flee, or freeze, right? I know that sounds a little bit counterintuitive, but our higher level thinking tasks, like forming memories and problem solving and focusing, 
are actually going to be shut down. Instead of having that ability to form new memories and focus and problem solve, our body is going to prioritize instinctive, quick, reactive, problem-solving types of thinking. And so when you're in this chronic state of fight or flight, what we end up seeing is a lot of symptoms of memory loss or poor memory or short-term memory loss. We see difficulty with problem-solving, focus, with uh, difficulty with focusing and, and concentrating and problem-solving. A lot of people present with irritability and mood swings and things like that. And then also number four, in order to save energy, the body is actually going to shut off our deep posture muscles. Okay. Those are the muscles that help to stabilize our joints and help us with our posture. Um, those muscles are actually going to be turned off. Neurologically speaking, they're going to be turned off. They're going to be inhibited because that's not the best use of our resources, our body's resources in a fight or flight situation. Posture muscles are not a priority. And so as a result, what you'll end up feeling or experiencing is you'll feel really weak, right? Your joints will start to feel a little bit unstable and uncoordinated. They might feel super tight. You might feel super sore and tired and fatigued. Those things start to show up as a result of this reallocation of resources. Okay, and then this is also the reason why working on improving your posture is ineffective because your posture muscles themselves are being inactivated by your nervous system. And then also on the flip side of this, the nervous system is actually going to overactivate your bigger body mover muscles, right? The nervous system will actually increase muscle tension in those muscles that help you fight, flee, or freeze. The easiest way to understand this is it is a freeze response. When you have an injury, your body is naturally going to tense up the muscles in that area of the injury to help to guard and protect that injured area, to keep it stable, to help immobilize. And so the nervous system will actually upregulate the facilitation of those muscles. It will increase muscle tone in those big body mover muscles group, muscle groups. And so some of those muscles are your upper traps, your hip flexors, and then your big back strap muscles or the big muscles that run up and down the sides of the spine that run from the head, the back of the head, all the way down to the sacrum. And so in part, that is why your muscles end up feeling like they are hard as rocks. That's why you feel so tight, why you feel so much muscle tension and cramping and knots in your muscles, right? So if you have some of those kind of like knots in your muscles or you feel super stiff, you feel super tight and no amount of stretching or massage or rolling or releasing can really release any of that tension for you, that's because the nervous system is telling those muscles to have increased muscle tone and muscle tension so that they're ready to fight, flee, freeze at any time. They're ready to protect. They're ready to guard, right? So we have all of these fight or flight responses, okay? This is the physiology of a fight or flight survival response. This is the response that our body takes in order to protect you from any kind of a threat, from any kind of danger, from any kind of foreign invader, and, and from any kind of injury. And so sometimes if the body is trying to protect you from an injury or tissue damage, the response is also going to be an amplification of pain. 
the pain alarm is your body's way of communicating with you that it is trying to protect you from a potential injury. Okay, so pain is going to get turned up. The volume of the pain is going to get turned up louder as, as well as a part of this fight or flight response. So clearly the fight or flight response can really explain a lot of those unfavorable symptoms in addition to your pain and can increase your pain. And so all of this does make sense. And so because it makes sense, a lot of people think that, you know, once they have this understanding of this fight or flight response, a lot of people will think that this in itself is the deeper cause, right? A lot of people will think that we need to address that fight or flight response because that is the deeper cause. We need to try to trick our physiology to shift into a state of rest and digest and to sort of trick our body out of that for survival mode response. But something that I want you to think about is this, is why is the body getting stuck in a fight or flight response? Why is this happening? Why is the sympathetic nervous system on overdrive? That reason why is the deeper cause. There has to be a reason, a deeper reason, why the body is activating that fight or flight response to begin with. And the key word here is that word response, right? It is a fight or flight response, right? Meaning it is a response to something. So what is that something? What is the nervous system responding to? And what is eliciting this fight or flight response? Okay, so when you think about it, you know, anything that helps you get out of a fight or flight response, physiologically speaking, by calming down the body, such as doing breathing drills, meditations, somatic tracking, you know, all of that kind of stuff, biofeedback, right? That will only address those symptoms of the fight or flight response in the short term. And if you want to see long-term improvements in those symptoms, we've got to go one step deeper and address the problem that's actually triggering those fight or flight responses, okay? So if you want to stop feeling so sore and achy and sick and tired and exhausted all the time, you've got to go one step deeper and address the deeper cause. And so here's what I want you to understand about the nervous system. The deeper cause for this protective response, why this deeper response keeps getting activated is this. There are changes in the activity of the nervous system, right? We're talking deep changes in the neural circuitry of the brain and the spinal cord, in our synapses, in our pain pathways, in the firing patterns of our nerves. There are changes that cause this fight or flight response to get activated. And I'll tell you right now, this is not psychology, right? This is pure human physiology. This is neuroscience. And this is the neuroscience of how the human body works. Okay, what happens is the brain actually loses its ability to correctly interpret information that it's getting from the body. Okay, this is happening on a subconscious level. This is not something that you have control over in your cognitive processing abilities, right? The brain loses its ability to correctly interpret information that it receives from the body. And you can think of it this way, right? Your brain is just sitting up there inside your skull and it's getting messages from all over your body. It's receiving messages all the time and it's trying to create some version of reality of the world around you and the world inside of your body. It's trying to create some kind of reality based on the information that it's getting. And its job is to take all of that information and make sense of it. 
right? So the brain process, processes the information that it's getting from your body, and it tries to decide what does it need to do with that information? Am I safe? Is it safe to go to sleep? Is it safe to eat or reproduce? Or am I not safe? Is this the time that I need to get my body ready to fight, flee, or freeze? Okay, do I need to protect you or are we safe, right? Now, imagine if the brain's ability to correctly interpret information from a certain body part became impaired. What if it couldn't really tell what the messages that it was getting from the body really meant? So this is, this is actually happening, okay? So now, after this change happens in the brain, the brain can't tell if you're safe or not. It can't tell if you're safe or injured. And it can't tell if it's just nothing, like if it's just nothing at all, all is going uh, well and nothing is going on at all, really that we need to worry about, or if your tissues are in fact in danger, if your body is actually encountering a real injury and in, in need of medical attention. And so if it can't tell, because it's not 100% sure what's going on down there in your body, it's safer for the brain to assume that you are in danger then it is to assume that you're safe, right? If the brain can't tell if you're safe or in danger, it doesn't, if it doesn't know if you're safe or in danger, it will always err on the side of caution and activate those protective responses to keep you safe, just in case, right? I really hope that this is making sense. Because of this change in the brain, the brain can't tell if the body is safe or in danger. And so since the brain doesn't know for sure, it's safer to assume that you're in danger and activate those protective responses than it is to assume that you're safe and do nothing. The brain assumes that you're in danger, so it activates those fight or flight responses and it activates pain. So that is the deeper cause. This change in the brain, along with several other changes in the nervous system, the brain, spinal cord, and peripheral nerves, are what's triggering this survival response, right? The deeper cause is not the fight or flight response itself. The fight or flight responses are symptoms of the brain activating those protective responses. So yeah, we can try treating the symptoms of an overactive fight or flight response with breathing drills, meditation, somatic tracking, biofeedback. Those things will have an immediate Im impact, but a short-term short -term effect. We can do that, or we can try treating the problem in the nervous system that is triggering that fight or flight response. And by strengthening and retraining the nervous system and strengthening up the body map in the brain so the brain can become better at correctly interpreting the information it's getting from the body. And this is the sort of thing that I teach my clients inside the chronic pain breakup method. I teach drills that will activate the brain's body map to strengthen those parts of the brain so that your brain can more accurately process the information it's getting from the body. And this is an essential element to the chronic pain recovery process. Because if you skip this element, the nervous system will only continue to turn up that fight or flight response. It will continue to turn up the muscle tension in your big body mover muscles that no massage or trigger point release or stretching will ever relieve because the nervous system is telling those muscles to be tense and ready to fight, flee or freeze and guard and protect all the time. And also the nervous system is preventing those smaller, deep joint stabilizing muscles, those posture muscles from activating. So even when you think you're doing the right thing by working on your posture or improving your strength and your coordination 
uh, and improving the strength of your joints and, and working on your posture and your balance, those muscles are not actually getting activated because they're neurologically being inhibited. So what's actually happening is when you're strength training, the bigger muscles, because they're already overactivated, they are turning on and trying to stabilize the joints and move your joints while your smaller, more specific joint stabilizer muscles are not getting activated. They're not being, they're not being used to move your body and coordinate your movements. So we end up seeing these compensatory movement patterns and we, we end up seeing these muscle imbalances happening. And when that's happening, what's happening is you're actually really, you're exacerbating the issue of any muscle pain that you may have by reinforcing these muscle imbalances when we try to strength train. And of course, the symptom itself of pain isn't going to go away, isn't going to go anywhere if we don't address the deeper cause of the problem. Okay. So like I said, in my program, I teach my clients brain-based drills to address these changes that happen in the central nervous system. And we pair those with drills that address the sensitivity in the peripheral nervous system, along with other strategies and education to really build a foundation of knowledge and skills that will make the nervous system retraining process more effective to make sure that you are successful so that you can start to see some long-term results and some long-term improvements in your pain and your symptoms. Because this sort of brain or really nervous system retraining takes time. Like it does have a delayed effect, but those effects are long-term, okay? Now, I hope this is all making sense to you right now. If this is making sense to you, I want you to make sure that you sign up for my upcoming workshop, How to Master Chronic Pain Naturally, so that you can really dive in to figure out if this is an approach that you would benefit from and help you learn what is keeping you from getting lasting pain relief and what you really need to truly start feeling better without more pills, procedures, or physical therapy exercises, or meditation, or having to become some sort of holistic health mind-body guru, or some kind of alternative medicine expert. So please make sure you save your seat for the upcoming workshop, even if you know you cannot attend. A replay will be available by request only for those who register. So click the link in the description to save your seat for the workshop, sign up for the workshop and make sure you add that event to your calendar so you can get all of that really valuable information that I'm going to be sharing there. Okay, that's all for now. Let me know in the comments if you found this topic helpful today and I will see you next time. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Chronic Pain Breakup Podcast. If you found this episode helpful, make sure you subscribe so you don't miss any new episodes. And if you want to take this relationship to the next level, you can connect with me and other pain crusaders inside my private Facebook group, Battling Chronic Pain with Neuroscience, where these episodes are actually recorded live. And I'd love to hear from you. Share your questions and biggest struggles with your chronic pain recovery journey by reaching out to me on Facebook or on Instagram at Pain Crusader. Thanks again for listening and never stop learning.